0: Hi, guys. I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome to our Kardashian Season 3, Episode 5 Recap. Hey, Jewel.
1: Hi, Em. They're
0: really stretching this fight
1: out, huh? I mean, and we're not even going to reach the peak of it until next week.
0: Which, just to clarify, for you and I, I know we are totally fine with that because we could analyze every moment of this buildup. And we're also equally as happy to watch Chloe sit and glam and talk about bullshit. But I think potentially for your average viewer, it could be
1: frustrating. I think it depends on how you view the fight, because I think if you're viewing this as a fight an isolated incident, you're kind of like, okay, this is dragging out. I think if you're viewing it as it relates to the dynamic between Courtney and Kim and also the dynamic between Courtney, Kim and Chloe, You are so unbelievably fascinated by it that each piece of the fight is just a little piece of that puzzle.
0: I mean, I can only speak for myself in saying that I was holding on to every last word. And Chris is fighting for her fucking life to remain neutral. Meanwhile, you can so clearly tell she is not.
1: No one has been less neutral in their entire (laughs) lives. And I have to say, my entire TikTok feed, specifically since this fight started, but I would say especially this morning, has been fights throughout the years between Kim and Courtney. this shit goes back so far. This shit is so deep. It is so deep. And that's why
0: I don't mind this particular fight perhaps being milked a little bit because you know there is depth to the argument here.
1: Oh, absolutely. Before we get into the episode, can we have a little open forum about the reaction to our episode last week? Because I was so fascinated by how split it was.
0: Yeah, you want to take a minute for that? I would really love to okay, let me lay out the way that I saw it and you can tell me if you think this is an accurate depiction of the response. So obviously, I mean, we were not shy last week in definitely being more Team Kim. And even you and I, the whole time before the episode went up, I think there was a little bit of nerves there because we tend to remain a little bit more neutral. And at least for me, it's very unsettling to be that opinionated on something. And so it felt good, but it also felt a little bit scary. And after the fact, we got a lot of responses to that episode. And I think I would split them up into three categories. One were the people that were also very much team Kim and felt really happy that we were voicing some of what they were feeling and kind of felt validated by it. The second were people that actually had a lot more anger towards Courtney than we did and felt as though we weren't going hard enough on her. And then the third were the people that are very much more so team Courtney and felt frustrated by feeling as though we were seeing it more so from from Kim's side. But... Either way, regardless of where you land, forget about our episode, just where you landed on the episode in general. I just found the passion with which people brought to this to be very interesting. Like it clearly elicited a similar reaction from other people that it did from us, regardless of what side you're on.
1: That's how I felt too. Like (laughs) It was that moment of we came on here and we had such strong opinions where after we recorded, I I feel like I I had what I could only describe as like a little bit of post-nut clarity where I was like, wait a second, was it so weird how invested we just got in that? And then when people were (laughs) responding to our DMs, I was like, okay, no, 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 we're all on the same page. Like we're all even here.
0: Right, it was like, regardless of where you land, thank you for being as invested as we are because this is making us not feel crazy, you know?
1: And you know what? I have to say, I was as invested this week as I was last.
0: No, I know, but this one was significantly calmer. Like if we're comparing the two episodes, there was so much more to break down last week.
1: Yeah, I felt like with this week's episode... It wasn't necessarily learning any new information to analyze. I think it was a continuation of the information that we got last week, but you're never going to give me this type of a, of a dynamic without a lot more to analyze there. You know what I mean? Like no new facts were brought to the table, no new huge discussion points, but there was so much dynamic there to get into.
0: Well, what I thought is the funniest of just responses we've gotten so far, even before recording this episode, are people that messaged last week being really Team Courtney. And I think feeling a little bit frustrated that they didn't feel as though we were seeing it enough from her side, being like, I actually watched this week and my feelings are starting to change. I'm starting to move more into Team Kim, which, again, we are not trying to convince anyone. I think it is amazing that everyone has different opinions and sees it differently. Like, that is what makes this
1: so fun to discuss.
0: But I was
1: reading those DMs like, whoa, baby. My favorite thing in the world is our DMs after an episode. I just love when
0: people treat our DMs as a stream of their consciousness while watching a show because that is the most raw insight into someone else's mind you can get. Like their immediate unfiltered thoughts while watching an episode. And I I really appreciate when people share that with us because so many times people will be like, my friends don't watch, so I'm just DMing you guys. I don't even know if you're going to read this. Most of the time we do read it.
1: But you know how I also feel about that is like, Your friends don't watch. You're looking for a place to discuss it. You're just putting your thoughts in our inbox. But also from our point of view, like the only people that are to go this deep are me, you, and Isabel. And we tend to have very similar opinions on these types of things. And so when we have people in our DMs bringing up a bunch of different new points, a different perspective, like all of these things, I'm like, wow, I wanted to discuss it with you guys too.
0: No, I love it because it all falls under the general umbrella of Kardashian enthusiasm. So no matter how much you disagree, we're still aligned in that we care.
1: Exactly. Are you ready to get into this?
0: I am so ready. And in this first scene, when it's the night before the Dolce show, it's Kim, North, Tracy, Natalie, and Olivia all kind of hanging out. To me, the thing that really jumps out is how fun it is, not only for us to watch, but also how fun it must be for Kim that North is getting to this age where she can be there for a girl talk. Obviously, to an extent, you know, they're not going to have the same discussion as they would if she wasn't present. But I just think Kim is really enjoying this new phase in her relationship with North where she can kind of hang with them. It's just such a fun you know, evolution in the relationship of a mother-daughter.
1: I think that has been something that has been incredibly fun to watch. We obviously saw that with last season's season finale where Kim brings North to Paris for Fashion Week. And I think we're really just seeing the evolution of their relationship in North growing up. And it has been so fun to witness, which was my main takeaway from the scene. But my other takeaway from the scene was There was a lot of times throughout Milan that I wished Scott was there. No more than this scene, this harmless scene where they're a little bit pranking Chloe, because I just know Scott would have been so proud that that was North's first thought.
0: so proud. I had that exact same thought, Julie. I was like, you know, this is a really fun scene, but what would make it more fun? A little Scott Disick.
1: Because it makes every scene a little more
0: fun. Okay, so the next scene is Courtney and Travis at the opening of Crossroads in Calabasas, which as we know is a vegan restaurant that he is one of the founding owners of. Just a moment of timeline context. The Dolce & Gabbana show was September 24th. This opening was on October 13th, and their engagement anniversary in Santa Barbara was October 16th. So it's not like they're trying to convince us of a timeline that doesn't exist and that they're being very transparent that this is happening right before the engagement anniversary. But if you're watching this initially, of course, you think that it's happening at the same time as Kim is in Milan, which is just not the case. So I always like to give that a little bit of background, but the moment that everyone's talking about is when Courtney's in her confessional and she's saying that, you know, her and Travis are there with Rain, Penelope, Atiana, Alabama, and all of their friends. And the producer says, your family's not there though. And Courtney says, that is my family, which I know people have a lot to say, not even necessarily in a negative way, but they just felt that that line was very telling.
1: I agree. It was very telling. Like it wasn't, listen, It is her family and the family that she's building with Travis. And so it wasn't an incorrect statement. It was just definitely a telling statement.
0: I also thought it was a little bit not weird of a question to ask from the producer's perspective, because like fucking obviously we're making a reality show here, but it was clearly very intentional.
1: It was a little strange. I mean, well, because the way that I took it was there were two different ways to take it. And I'm glad that we clarified the timeline, too, before we got into this discussion, because there was a piece of it where if you're not paying attention to the timeline, right? Like you're not thinking, okay, Courtney and Travis got engaged in October. Travis is on the phone with Lorraine Schwartz, says he needs it by Sunday for the the engagement anniversary. You're not thinking of that timeline. You're just thinking of this scene being a bounce and forth between them being in Milan. So when it's first said the comment about them not being there. It's like, duh, they're, they're in Milan. Obviously, they're not going to be at Crossroads. They're not going to fly back from the Dolce Show to like make it in time for the vegan opening. So that was one thing of it. And the other was like almost the conflation between the Dolce Show and the Crossroads opening where it's like, well, they're all there for that, but they couldn't make it to this. I don't know. It was It was a weird, obviously it was a purposeful question that was asked because it came from production, but it definitely was a little weird.
0: I think the way that I felt about it was just like, We have so many legitimate issues going on here, like Courtney and Kim are at each other's fucking throats. We don't need to make a big deal about the family not being at the Crossroads Calabasas opening. Same way no one was making a big deal about Courtney not being at the 818 party.
1: I mean, if we made a big deal about everything that one family member wasn't at, Kylie'd be catching strays left and right. (laughs) She is. Wait,
0: also as a side, when Travis gets up to take that phone call from Lorraine Schwartz, nothing groundbreaking here other than Nothing gets me going like Lorraine Shorts with an update that the jewels are currently being held in customs, but don't worry, she's on the case. And my follow-up to that is, may all of our future husbands take note from Travis and his response to Lorraine saying that the diamonds are stuck in customs because he was so ready to get someone on that plane to get them here. And that is the energy I love to see.
1: That was what I like to call the perfect response. <music>
0: Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting auraframes.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the season's changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, they're washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. Okay. So we are now back in Milan. There's 45 minutes until the show. We're backstage. She's perfecting the final details. And the Kardashians aside, I just feel like any time throughout reality television that we have cameras backstage, a runway show, it is always the same energy and it never ceases to excite me. Like whether or not I care about the designer, I care about the show, there's just this energy that I think happens and you can really feel it even through the screen. I take
1: on that stress as my own when I'm watching. I'm like literally sitting on my couch, staring at the TV going, okay, guys, this is now or never, this is do or die. Like we have to get into this. I'm like, this already happened.
0: I know, but it happens every single time there. I think it's because no matter who you are, I mean, you can literally be Dolce & Gabbana. I still think it hits every single time because there's just that desire for perfection. And inevitably, there's always going to be something that's going to go a little bit wrong. Like no matter how prepared you are, the reason it has that down to the wire energy is because I think on some level it is always down to the wire. Yeah, exactly. And when, you know, they gift her this diamond cross necklace and you can see she's really taken by that. And she's explaining how after the Paris robbery, it changed her relationship with jewelry, specifically flashy jewelry. And I think there's just something that happens to me. I don't know if you relate to this, but every time she mentions the robbery, which isn't that frequent, I'm always kind of jolted back to that because I think I have also kind of put that out of my mind, you know? And then when she mentions something like that, I'm just reminded of just how traumatic of an event that really was.
1: Yeah, incredibly so. And, you know, she says when she's gifted it, like, wow, this is probably the nicest piece of jewelry I own. And it took me a second to realize what she meant, because obviously she's spoken in the past many times about how she feels towards jewelry now and how that's changed since the robbery. But even hearing her say it, it didn't hit me right away what she meant until it caught her in confessional.
0: Yeah, and when she's in her confessional talking about the moments before the models go out and she's standing there just perfecting everything, making sure everyone looks more quote Kimish, And she says, you know, a neuter lip, a smokier eye, even before she lists out those things in my mind, I know exactly what she means when she says Kimish, because the way that she does beauty, I think has just been so cemented in my mind is like, so her that I know exactly
1: what she means. So that moment really hit me too. The making... The model a little bit more Kim ish because I feel like in watching the process of the show come together and watching Kim's creative direction and how much of herself she was putting into the show, I don't think it hit me until the show how much this was about Kim. And one of the things that Kim says in regards to her fight with Courtney is like Courtney doesn't realize how big of a deal this is. And the way that I felt watching this was fight with Courtney aside, nothing to do with the way that I felt watching Kim do this. I also didn't grasp how big of a deal this was, I don't think. I don't think I grasped how this was Kim's show. The models having the look of being Kim, it being very based off her own clothing and her own choices, but also it being the Chow Kim show. Them walking out to Kim on screen, eating pasta, everything having the air of being Kim and being about Kim. Like, it didn't hit me until I was watching it all come together that yeah, this was as big of a deal as Kim was explaining it to be. It could have even been bigger of a deal than she had explained it.
0: Well, yeah, because I think back to in real time when the show was happening and we were getting glimpses of it from social media and Steph Shep was posting that video of Kim struggling to walk up the stairs in the bedazzled dress that they showed on this episode. It, It hit us in the sense of, wow, this is so cool, but definitely not in this way. I personally, and maybe this just comes from not having that much of an understanding of you know, high fashion, but I needed this explanation to fully get the big picture here.
1: Me too. And, you know, Isabel had said to us the other day in regards to the Kim aspect of the show being like, I feel like there's a disconnect between what Kim thinks and how big of a deal it is to her and like what the general public thought of the show, because she was saying like, I don't remember the aftermath of the show when it was revealed on social media and everybody saw it being like, so unbelievably important and career-defining for Kim, whereas like in the previews for the show and what we've seen in Kim's explanation, she really views it that way. In this episode, it really hits you. Like There definitely was a disconnect between what we saw and experienced through social media versus what it was like to be at that show and what it was like to see it through Kim's eyes.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I voice to you this morning. I don't know what the fuck was going on with me. Obviously, there were some other internal things happening below the surface. But when she walked out there and she's standing and she's saying in her confessional that she looked to her right and Paxi was hysterically crying, I voiced her, did you like bawling? And I'm like, why am I crying watching Kim walk out of the Dolce & Gabbana show? But I just felt for her, what I think she felt for herself was just like an overwhelming sense of pride. And also, holy shit, I can't believe I made it this far. It's like, yeah, we've been watching you since day one and you did that.
1: I think you definitely had a lot of stuff going on that contributed <laughs> to the crying. I think that's 100% the case. But but I think that it, watching Kim walk out in that moment gives you the same feeling of being at a concert and watching an artist walk out and you like start randomly crying, but you're not sure why. It's just like this really big influx of emotion where you feel what they're feeling on some level. Like this like a little empathy moment of like, wow, this is a really big deal. And I'm a little bit overcome with emotion, even though I can't properly put into words why.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was definitely a me issue. I don't think under normal circumstances I would be crying from that. I'm clearly going through some shit. However, I was so happy to watch her in that moment. And also before she goes out and she's backstage with Stefano and Domenico and she's like, guys, you have to promise you're going to come out. Like, don't leave me sitting there alone for that long. Those are the moments that I just love seeing because they're so humanizing in the middle of an experience that is so far from relatable.
1: You know what I felt that way about? I kind of felt that way with Chloe in this episode. I have a lot to say about Chloe in this episode because she was so fun and such a light. And I felt the old Chloe coming back in a lot of ways, but just surface level here in response to what you were saying about like the relatability and the unrelatable, that's how I felt about Chloe being on this trip. Like she was like, you know, it's nice to get out and be with my girls and be in a different environment with them. And I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Like you're just a girl on a girl's trip right now.
0: Right. Right. It's like, yeah. So my sister's not creative directing the show for Dolce & Gabbana, but- I do know what that's like to go into a new environment and suddenly feel like you're a completely different version of yourself.
1: And also, like, you're at one of the biggest events. You're at, like, a career-defining moment for your sister. You're at a Dolce & Gabbana fashion show in Milan. And, like, all you're trying to do is flirt a little bit. Like, I, I cannot blame you for that, and I can't hold it against you. That's as relatable as it gets. <laughs>
0: which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like, you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter-looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit, Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities and makeup artists and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. This was one of my favorite scenes of the entire episode where Chloe and Chris are in glam before the after party and they're discussing not only the photo of her and Michelle Moroni that's going viral, but just all the other dynamics going on. Like this to me is the definition of seeing the true behind the scenes.
1: Well, especially that moment where Chloe's showing off the picture of the two of them and explaining how it happened. And, you know, he put, <laughs> he put his hand around her waist and asked permission and she thought that was so hot. And she's showing everybody the photo. And she's like, you know what? I don't even care that this is everywhere because like every other narrative about me is so negative that if people want to think that me and him are dating, like I am all for that. And it's in that moment that she finds out that the reason that the photo is everywhere is because he was the one that posted it. And so it was this little bit of a moment of like um, exposing the behind the scenes of like her just finding out how a viral photo became viral, but also like a little bit of of validation or, or liking the fact that he was the one that put it up.
0: Well, I remember in real time when those photos were coming out, being so curious about what her reaction to it was, because we know whether it's positive or negative, anytime there's that much attention about something like that, Chloe gets anxious from it. And so I was so happy to see that that was kind of her reaction of like, you know what? Fuck it. It's a better narrative than the one that I've been getting. Like let, let people feed off of this. So it was that coupled with the fact that I love seeing her get butterflies because it's just not something we've seen from her in a while. But third, and I, I hate to infuse even an ounce of negativity into this because she didn't say this. And so I don't know if this was a thought for her, but I'm just curious if it was for you or for anyone else. While I do think it is fun and flattering that he was the one that posted the photo, I didn't realize that until they were saying it in this episode. And I did have this moment of like, did she at all feel as though that was him kind of capitalizing on the publicity he knew he would get from posting a photo with her, you know?
1: What a cynical view that I would normally have that I didn't think of at
0: all. I know, and I hate that my mind went there because it normally would never go there. It was just that I didn't realize until watching this episode that he was the one that posted the photo, which like, there's nothing weird about him posting that photo, but he had just met her. So I don't know. There was a moment where I was like, wait a second. Does he just also, in addition to I'm sure being into her, know the publicity he will get around this i don't know i hate that i had that thought but i had that thought did anyone else have that or is that just me
1: i mean i didn't like i kind of was viewing it as them having like this little bit of like reciprocal flirtation where they both knew they were kind of playing around a little bit i think that it would have been a different view that i had if chloe was like pining after him and he wasn't feeling it in return and then posted that photo like to me i would be like that's that's a turn off like that's him using her a little bit. I just felt like they were playfully flirty together. They were talking during the show. And I think he also probably thought it was cool to be sitting next to Khloe Kardashian. Like she didn't fully know who he was, but he fully knew who she was. But that's what I'm saying. But I don't mean that in a bad way.
0: Right. And I guess what I was saying is because Chloe thinks like such a Kardashian, I was curious if there was going to be a part of her that would have thought he was also thinking like that, you know, and then thus would have viewed it as like slightly opportunistic, even if it wasn't in intention, but she did not She was just loving the whole thing. And I think as she said, she was so happy to have an escape from the other narrative that she was leaning into it, which like Don't get me wrong, I fucking loved seeing her lean into that. That is my favorite version of Chloe. I just more so couldn't believe that we were getting that insight. Like, this is the true, true behind the scenes. Chloe showing her glam team the photo of them that is now going viral and her finding out in the moment that he was the one that posted it. Like, that is the reason that we have the Hulu cameras in Milan.
1: I get exactly what you're saying. I just think Chloe was in the type of mood in Milan where like she wasn't gonna view anything as negative. She was she wasn't aside from this fight. With Kim and Courtney, nothing was gonna get her down. She was having the time of her life. It was so evident even in the way that she was interacting in this scene. Like when she's sitting in that glam chair and she's talking about all of the narratives that could be said about her and how much fun she has responding to it because it can make people so severely uncomfortable. I was like, this is the Chloe that we know and love.
0: Right. And also because so much of what surrounded Chloe for so long has just been so dark and so traumatic that when we see her kind of coping with comedy, It allows us to also take a deep breath.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was interesting that she mentioned Lamar in this back and forth where she says like, oh, your ex-husband? Yeah, found him in a brothel. That's why we got divorced instead of mentioning anything that had to do with Tristan. Not that I was reading into it that much. It was just interesting to hear her bring up Lamar because it's something that she hasn't brought up in a very long time, I feel like.
0: Well, I also think that she's more removed from that. It's harder to joke about something that you're still actively struggling with. Whereas Lamar, which, yes, it was a very traumatic moment in the time, I think that feels like another life in some ways. Absolutely. Okay, so this next scene of Courtney in her closet with her stylist, Danny Michelle, just talking all things Jolte.
1: So, what's fascinating about this interaction is that all of the times that we've heard Courtney talk about this leading up to this, it has all been things that she's kind of heard through the grapevine or the way that Kim has approached things very non communicatively. This is the first time that we're seeing Courtney's actual reaction to the actual show.
0: This to me was absolutely fascinating to kind of watch her process this in real time because not only were we seeing her first reaction to the show, we were also watching her in real time start to understand the magnitude of the show. But then third of all, We start to get even the mention or the idea of any frustration she may have towards Dolce and Gabbana, which, like we said last week, that's not something she was going to actually voice specifically voice on camera. And even here, the second she starts to, she immediately says, "You know, I get it. At the end of the day, they're a brand. Like I knew she was never going to assign blame to them specifically publicly, but you were getting a little bit of a crack in the foundation in terms of." I think in the simplest terms, her being a little bit butthurt that after what she felt was a really emotionally involved and it was, you know, collaboration for her wedding that they quote, chose Kim. Like she didn't say that, but if you read between the lines, that's kind of what she's saying. At least that was my interpretation.
1: Yeah, I mean, and even with like the technicality of choosing Kim over her, I think that Courtney knows that it's not something that she would have been chosen for. I think that what we're getting to the root of here is that, I I don't think it's the root of the whole fight. I think that one of Courtney's upsets in this whole thing is that I think that she's also having this realization of what Dolce and Gabbana did for her wasn't as personal as it was for her. Like, I think she was viewing this as such a deep, personal, mutual relationship between the two. Whereas Dolce and Gabbana were viewing it as like, yes, of course this is a personal relationship, but like I have my personal relationship with you. I have my personal relationship with your mom. I have my personal relationship with your sister. I'll have my personal relationship with many other members of your family and and many other people where I think what Courtney's really experiencing is like I felt special for once in this world like in, amidst my sisters in a way that I don't typically feel that special and that singled out for my wedding to work with Dolce & Gabbana, I felt really special. And now seeing the way that they're working with Kim, it makes me feel a little less special. I think she doesn't know how to verbalize that correctly. And so the way that she's putting that is in terms of personal versus business. And her wedding vibes being stripped from her. Her wedding vibes weren't stripped from her. As we've discussed a million times, her wedding vibes are perfectly intact. Her wedding was the beautiful, special, emotional, romantic thing that she thought it was. I think what she's feeling is this aftermath of like, I just thought I was special and it feels a little less special.
0: Yeah, no, I am so aligned with you here. And what was interesting for me is that even though throughout this episode, my feelings really have not changed since last week. And that if we're choosing, I'm still much more on Kim's side. What I found in this particular scene, even though I am not responding to what Courtney is saying and that I can hear her out, but I still at the end of the day, don't think that her upset at Kim is necessarily warranted. I actually had more empathy for her here because you could see she was processing her emotions in real time. And like you said, there was a part of her that I think just felt disappointed or sad at the fact that Dolce did this with Kim after her feeling that the wedding was so personal. And which what I wanted to say to her was like, it still was. And this really was a business move, and the two can absolutely coexist and it's not taking away from you. But that's all she was seeing, you know, like it was almost sad, even though I, I'm not on her page, and I thought the way she went about it was totally wrong. Like, I almost felt sad for her that that was her takeaway because it it so didn't need to be. Like, I really felt as the public, it didn't make her wedding with Dolce feel any less impactful.
1: No, not at all. And I think that's what you and I, in terms of our position are exactly responding to is like the false conflation of things. I think that people who are really overwhelmingly team Courtney are responding exactly to the emotions that you're talking about, where they really felt for her and how hard it was hitting her and how personally she was taking it. That was the part of people who see her side, I think a little bit more than Kim's what they were attaching themselves to where it was like, well, one party is really upset. One party feels this is such a personal thing and the other party isn't. Um, Which, as we said last episode, it doesn't necessarily mean that the party that's upset is then right. I think there are two things that are really interesting also is that, one, this is really Kim-specific. And not necessarily in the way of, like, Dolce choosing Kim. More so in the way of all of Courtney and Kim's stuff comes up as a result of this being Kim. If this was Kendall, if this was Kylie, which it so easily could have been... This wouldn't be happening. Courtney wouldn't be having this strong of a reaction, most likely. I can't say definitively, but I think that based on what we've seen, it wouldn't be the case. I think because it's Kim, that's what's really bringing up all of this stuff.
0: Right, because here's this actual event taking place that I think to her helps to give life or give a tangible representation to a lot of the negative feelings she has towards Kim in terms of Kim being so business-focused and Kim always needing to one-up her and Kim not being able to be fully, entirely happy for her. And, you know, just feeling as though Kim is constantly making it all about her in a way that she is so sensitive to. So then for this to happen, like if I'm Courtney and I already feel this way about Kim, this happening, I'm probably reacting in the exact same way that she did. It's just when you aren't somebody who views Kim in that way and watching the show for so many years, you see the dynamic in a little bit of a different way. I am not on her page. But like if I'm her, I'm probably reacting in the same way, even though as a viewer, I really disagree with her reaction.
1: The other thing is, you and I were reading tweets and seeing what everybody on the internet was kind of saying before we started recording a little bit. And somebody had tweeted something along the lines of, Courtney doesn't understand that Kim's success is the family's success, which I think is an excellent point. But I think that the other reason that we as onlookers didn't feel like, this Kim Dolce and Gabbana collab was stealing Courtney's shine in any sort of way or had anything to do with her wedding is because it often feels like a lot of times with the family that each one of them works with a lot of the same people and they take opportunities within the same, you know, grouping of designers or or photographers or magazines or whatever it is. Like it always feels like such a natural progression, just like when Kylie started doing Dolce and Gabbana stuff and it's now her face on Fifth Ave, it totally makes sense to us. And so, as the viewer, we viewed Kim doing the show as such a natural progression of the family's relationship with Dolce and Gabbana. Corny is constantly searching for her own individuality within the family. And so the other thing for her is that like she was never going to see it that way because she doesn't want to see it that way she wants to kind of view it as this has to do with my wedding because she wants to see it as like the things that I do are not reflective of the things the entire family does I want to be my own person I want to have my own experience and just for once I want to have something that the rest of the family doesn't have it's just the way that Kim operates the way that Kylie operates the way that Chloe operates the way that Chris operates is very much like one opportunity for us is opportunities for everybody and we just create more out of what's already been creative. I think that Kendall and Courtney specifically are in search of a little bit more individuality within that realm.
0: Right. And I think that as a viewer, the reason that I find that to be a little frustrating, even though on some level I can understand wanting to determine that individuality is because specifically with Courtney, it feels as though she chooses to really lean into the Kardashian of it all when it's convenient for her and then really wants to step aside and establish that individuality when it's not what she desires. And I think that it would be more tolerable if she acknowledged how being part of the bigger picture allows her to do these more individualistic things. And sometimes I feel her complete lack of acknowledging that, to me at least, makes her points land less. Plus, kind of as a side, when she's saying to Danny, you know, it's as if she took the mood board that we sent to my family and made it. And she's like, you know, she's putting out all these vibes from my wedding with looks that we so carefully curated and then putting it into the fashion show. Which I understand, of course, we now have this unique perspective as the viewer of watching this episode while simultaneously being able to have watched Kim's process leading up. So we know for a fact what Courtney is saying is untrue. But even with that one, I was like, all right, whether or not you knew her process... I know your are reaching there. I know you do not genuinely believe that Kim was taking your wedding and using that as the inspiration here.
1: Right, and I think that's where Courtney continues to lose us throughout the episode where, and we said this last week, where she makes points that could stick and then she takes it a little too far by saying things and making these accusations that make no sense and kind of escalate the situation and make it worse. For example, at the end of the scene, she says to Danny, you know, it's only been four months since the wedding, and looking at the Dolce and Gabbana show, a show of this magnitude, this had to have been planned for months and months. And so there is a point where Courtney's you know frustration totally lands, where she isn't privy to the timeline here because she doesn't have that communication with Kim. And so in her eyes, when she says Kim used my wedding as a business opportunity, at first glance of that statement, it sounds ridiculous. When you understand through Courtney's perspective of what her assumption of the timeline to be is, it makes a little bit more sense. There is a very clear disconnect there because it's it's not the case. And we saw how quickly this came together and we were very privy to the timeline and the back and forth of Kim trying to push it back and doing what she can. But Courtney isn't. The problem with Courtney's argument is that she then throws things on top of it that completely lose the original plot.
0: Right, exactly. And I honestly feel that that can kind of be simplified, at least with this particular scene in that I think Courtney is feeling really frustrated and she doesn't necessarily know exactly where to take that out on. Because like I said earlier, I do think now there is a part of her that is starting to build genuine frustration, resentment, anger, whatever you want to call it, towards Dolce in addition to Kim and Chris. But I think she doesn't know what to do with that, specifically what to do with that on camera. And so I think not being able or even not wanting to allow herself to address that because potentially addressing, even forget about on camera, just really allowing herself to actually get mad at them for that would potentially take away some of the positive feelings she has around her wedding. So I could see her not even wanting to get into that space. I think it's causing her
1: to just kind of lose it a little bit. You can see it's really building. I totally agree. And something that's also going on in this episode is you have the one-year anniversary of the engagement and watching them celebrate their love for each other and also that scene where they were at crossroads and the combining of their families. It's funny because I don't think it was meant to have this sort of an outcome. And I don't know if you feel this way too, but I felt like (laughs) having her and Travis and this really special moment between them and the celebration of their anniversary almost weakened the point that she was trying to make in terms of her anger with Kim because it was like, Look how special this is. Like, look what you have. Look how incredible this is. Why are you conflating Kim doing this Dolce show with something that literally cannot be taken from you? Like, that was our whole point last week is you keep saying, you know, your wedding vibes were stripped from you. It makes your wedding somehow less special or, you know, Kim stole it from you. And then meanwhile, you're watching her and Travis in action. You're like, Kim can't take any of this. Like, you're allowing this to happen. This is not something that Kim has the power to do on her own. Well, kind of going off of that, I saw that a frustration a lot of people were voicing after last week's episode was like,
0: there's no way Courtney is as happy as she says she is because if she truly was this happy, things like this wouldn't bother her that much. Which in theory, I agree with that. With this particular instance, I wouldn't go as far as to say that because I do believe she is as happy- with Travis and the life that they have created together as she portrays it. I really don't think she's putting that on for the show. As I've said before, I fully bought into the Kravis fairy tale. Like I I really believe they are that in love and she is that happy. I think this is Kim specific and that she can let a lot of other stuff go, but something when it comes to Kim and Chris, it just hits her in a specific way. And that's one piece, maybe she's worked through a lot of other things. That is one piece that I don't think she has worked through yet.
1: Well, what we can sum that up to is it's not that she's not as happy as she claims to be with Travis. That's not it at all. It's just that even though she wants it to be, this deliriously happy relationship, which it is, is just not the fix for every single thing. All of the shit that has occurred with Kim and all of the childhood stuff that's coming up with Chris potentially and the years of fighting with Kim and this pressure that she feels from both of them is not solved by a separate relationship in her life. That is still stuff that needs to be fixed. So I think that's what everyone's starting to pick up on because the vibe that Courtney had been putting out for so long in this relationship with Travis is like everything across the board is now perfect because of this. And it just doesn't work like that.
0: Right. And if you're Courtney and you've dove so deep into this fairy tale life that you have with Travis, I think she wants to believe that it's a fix for all. I don't think that that's just her bullshitting the audience. I really do think that in her dream world, she would never have to get to the root of her issues with Kim because being as happy as she is in this part of her life would take over. And as you said, that's just unfortunately not the reality. And also I think there's a part of her that's just like, not willing to open up that can of worms at the moment because it's far bigger than she may realize or want to deal with. Totally. Yes. And and like, by the way, on Kim's side as well, I think there's a lot of unresolved shit there. It's not all Courtney's to bear by any means. There is clearly years and years of stuff that has not really been discussed because One thing about this family, yes, at the end of the day, they are there for one another. They are very close in so many ways, but they don't have the most open communication at all times. And you see it come up time and time again, especially with Courtney and Ken. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, "Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they are the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainor, New Kids on the Block, Sean Paul, Sum 41, Whitney Cummings, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love, all summer long, for just $25 each. Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. Okay, now moving into the post show dinner, the DNG through for Kim. So much to say here. The first, which is just a total side note, we saw so much behind the scenes content of this in real time because everybody was posting Kim not being able to walk in that dress. So to really see the long form behind the scenes was just always fun. Second of all, let me just say it immediately at the top of the section. I thought the way that Kim and Chloe were talking about Courtney to Dolce Gamata was so wrong, like full stop.
1: As much as I'm
0: very much team Kim if we're choosing sides, I thought this was dead wrong.
1: It was just in bad taste. A lot of people said and thought that it was very unprofessional. And there are two sides to it. One side of it being a little bit unprofessional in terms of her business relationship with them, even though there is a personal relationship there, of course, it's not like they're her inner circle. And also exactly what I was saying last week in terms of Courtney talking to her friends about it and Courtney's friends coming up to her at the wedding and talking about Kim spiraling a little and then Courtney using that against her. It just goes against the code. You just don't do that with people who aren't in the inner inner circle or aren't in your family. You, you save that for when you get back home. And so it was a little uncomfortable, I would say, watching the way that Kim and Chloe were going about this at this Dolce dinner.
0: Well, there was a moment when Domenico says everything started with mama and Chloe says, you should tell someone else that. And someone asks who, and Chris says, Courtney. And you see Chloe has this
1: moment of like, whoa, we have permission to get into it. And I guess if I'm Courtney in that moment, my frustration is now at, at Chris because Chris really opened that door. But I will say also, I think that this scene had the era of really showing the audience how close the relationship between Chris and Kim and Domenico and Stefano really is. Because A, it was that whole point of this relationship really comes from Chris. Chris and them have been friends for years and they make that comment about it all started with Mama after Chris gives her speech and thanks them for their years of friendship and also for making Kim's dreams come true. But it also had the air of comfortability of like, see how close we are. Like I can shit talk my sister with them because like, I don't have to worry about this coming off as any sort of unprofessional vibe. Like we are close enough that that everything's understood here. And so it did feel a little, not purposely proving a point, but it did have that air to it.
0: Totally. And no part of me is downplaying that comfortability or that closeness. And obviously as a viewer, I'm grateful that if they were going to talk shit about Courtney with them, that they're showing it. I just kind of think it's the kind of thing of like, if you're going to do it, For your own sake, you look better if there wasn't a camera there. You know what I mean?
1: Totally. Yeah. But like It it wasn't a good
0: look. It was it wasn't a good look. Obviously, I'm not trying to bite the hand that feeds me. Like if they're gonna do it, I'm so happy that it was filmed. It gave us some great content to talk about. I just think if I am Courtney, I am understandably livid watching that scene. And then there's the side part of me, which is like 100 million percent. I think it is entirely wrong that they're not only having this conversation with them, but also having this conversation with them on camera 100%. And also, when Kim's saying, you know, Courtney's just a hater, she hates
1: to the side. I'm sitting there nodding, like, she kind of is a hater. Right. And I think that's the number one criticism that I've seen of Courtney, where people feel like, you know, if you're as deliriously happy as you say you are. And everything is perfect in Travis world and everything's perfect in the bubble. Why is there always this kind of air of negativity? Not with Travis, by the way. Like, I think that the way that Courtney radiates a certain happiness when she's with Travis or talking about Travis is so genuine. It's when she's doing anything outside of that where I think people are picking up on that energy.
0: Okay, so the next scene when Chris comes over to Chloe's and they're kind of just debriefing in the gym. Which, as a total side note, as if they didn't spend so much time together before, the fact that they have literally removed the property line between their homes, you just see Chris Jenner is popping over all the fucking time. That's what I want for us. Me and you. Yeah. We know that's my dream. That is my I dream. Know. Are you kidding? Imagine, and my dad would be living in the guest house.
1: Stop. We, it would literally like, be no.
0: No we would have we'd have too much fun I,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I can't it. even get into it because like I will derail this entire conversation with how much of my dream that is. <laughs> Wait, so
0: the other thing that I wanted to say here obviously there's the whole north like plot line which is hilarious but not necessarily worthy of discussion But then when Chris asks Chloe, you know, did Courtney and Kim ever have a talk about the whole Dolce thing? Chloe says, no, you know, Courtney won't have the talk for a while. And Chris says, yeah, Courtney isn't an immediate communicator. And Chloe's like, no, she needs to process it. And then this is when Chris is in her confessional telling that whole story about growing up when Kim was wearing Courtney's pants and Courtney stormed into the classroom and like wanted her to take them off in that moment. All to say, as I said earlier, this shit runs deep. And the way that, both Chloe and Chris know exactly how this is going to go down between Kim and Courtney, just goes to show you like, this is something they've been dealing with for a while. Of course. Wait, total side note, we glanced over this when we were discussing the scene, because I actually think for some reason in this outline, even though it is very detailed, I guess I've just read less quotes than I normally do. But when Chloe and Chris are in glam, one of my favorite moments is when she tries on the hat, she goes to Kim's room and Chloe says to her glam, How much you want to bet when she comes back here, the hat will be off because Kim will tell her that she doesn't want her to wear it. She's like, mark my words. And Chris walks in two minutes later and she's like, okay, so we're going to go no hat. That was one of my favorite moments of the episode because I too knew that Kim was going to say, mom, take that off.
1: And it was the right call. And I'm glad we all knew it. And we could have saved ourselves a little bit of time by not putting it on in the first place. But I so appreciated that moment of just knowing each other so deeply.
0: And also them all just having this mutual understanding of like, you are not going to Kim's room to hear what you want to hear. You know that when you're going to Kim's room, as it applies to your fashion or really anything else, you're going to hear the harshest truth. And just like, be ready for that. Listen,
1: everybody needs that person that is going to give them the God's honest truth when they put on an outfit, whether it looks good or not. And you got to have a little bit of thick skin to be able to have that person as your kid (laughs) or in your (laughs) house constantly or as your sister. Because like, they're they're never going to bullshit you. No, but you're always going to be happy after the fact. Always. And Kim knows that. Okay. Santa
0: Barbara for Courtney and Travis's anniversary engagement. This is when all my other bullshit about Courtney, I put aside when I see something like this. And I know a lot of people aren't into it, but I just am. Because as much as it may seem corny and over the top for those of us viewing, I think when you are in that, like when you are sitting in the middle of this flower maze, running into the ocean with the love of your life, you don't give a shit how it looks. And sh-
1: I believe that she is as blissfully happy in these moments as it comes across. It's an entirely different Courtney. It's it, It's like, it really is. It's night and day. It's the exact conversation we were just having between like, you know, when she's talking about Travis or she's with Travis, that positivity and That happiness that she says she has is exuded. When she's not with him, it's an entirely different story. And so when we see these scenes of them together doing these incredibly romantic things and Travis stepping up in these unbelievable ways that I don't think Courtney even dreamed of when she was a Scott, it changes your whole perspective for just a moment. And like, I'm so happy for Courtney that she has that and that she allows us to shift perspective for a second too.
0: Oh, totally. I mean, to me, that is just... Her at her best. And it's fun as a viewer, specifically a viewer that does get very frustrated with her to see her in this light. Like, it's more fun to have the balance, I think at least.
1: Well, also because we like Courtney. Like, that's the bottom line here, too. It's not like we're looking to shit on Courtney's entire life or come on here and be like, fuck Courtney. That's not it at all. We're so happy for Courtney. When the pregnancy announcement happened, we were literally flipping out. It's not about not liking Courtney, it's just about having these moments of disagreement with her and certain times where she's a little bit more negative than I think that we are, where it's like, I feel like we butt heads. That's how I feel about Courtney. I'm like, me and you are butting heads right now, but I still love you. It's a sibling relationship.
0: Right. It's the same way Chloe feels. Right. I like I get it. I get it. Okay. So this is probably the best scene of the episode when Kim and Chloe are together. Kim is in Glam and Chloe's asking her how she feels about Milan if she's talked to court. And Kim says, I still haven't talked to her. No. Chloe's like, that's just crazy. Kim goes, I know it's really crazy. And Chloe says, I hope she's going to talk to you about it. I mean, I really wish she would, but she definitely feels like you sort of stole her thunder. Kim says, I get that. Chloe says, and she feels like, why can't she just have something for herself? And in her confessional, Chloe says, I found out that Courtney is so upset because she actually called me crying and she feels like her wedding moment was taken away from her and she just feels like there's no loyalty in this family and that everyone wants what the other person has and all of those things. And then Chloe is telling Kim that she feels like her friends were riling her up. And Kim's like, you know, I believe it. And Chloe says to Kim, her words were, everyone thinks this is the weirdest thing. So Kim then calls Simon And in her confessional, Kim is saying, you know, Simon is one of my best friends, but he's also one of Courtney's. And so if anyone knows where Courtney's head is at, it's him. This is like an amazing conversation, by the way. This is prime example of unfiltered.
1: That moment, by the way, where Kim says so fucking savagely, where she's like, well, all of of Courtney's friends keep saying to her. And it's like, what friends, Travis? Like, I honestly for a second was like, I can't believe she just said that on television. I know. Did you gasp? I gasped.
0: Well, this is interesting because Simon says, I just think Courtney thinks the outcome of the conversation is that it won't get solved. And Kim says, but what is there to solve? And Simon says, well, she thinks that you should have said no, and that just wasn't going to happen. There's more, but I just want to pause on that one thing for a second. That's it in a nutshell. Basically, Courtney just feels as though when Kim was presented with this opportunity, she should have said no. It's as simple as that. And as Simon says, that was never going to happen. And what I think is really interesting and telling about hearing that perspective from someone that is so close to both of them is that even the people in their innermost circle, I think, can understand what this opportunity means for Kim in a way that Courtney can't. And like, even he's saying, in what world were you going to ever say no to
1: this? Like, He gets it. Of course he gets it. He was the best person to talk to in this moment. He, Kim knew exactly what she was doing calling Simon because it's not like Simon was going to take Kim's side and just tell her what she wanted to hear. Simon and Courtney are equally as close as Kim and Simon are. But also Simon has the PR mindset. Simon has been with Kim on this entire ride. And so while he knows exactly what Courtney is thinking, he also knows exactly what Kim is going to do a hundred times out of a hundred times. So he was the most rational person to talk to the point that he makes about, well, Courtney thought you should turn it down and you were just never going to do that almost negates any other conversation we could have about it because what it's basically saying is, you could have had all the correct communication in the world. This could have been explained to Courtney exactly what you were thinking as you were doing it, what your plans were, what the timeline was. And she still probably would have wanted you to turn it down and still wouldn't have been happy. And so all of this back and forth and what could have been done and the analyzing of the things is almost pointless because at the end of the day, what Courtney wanted was just irrational. And Kim was never going to do that.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. That the simplicity of that one line was just so telling and really wrapped this entire thing up in a bow. But Okay. So Simon then says, I think it's also like, you know, she found out after the fact. So like you were already doing it and Kim interrupts and it's like, that's not true. I told her before I invited her and Travis. I had those conversations. She just didn't know that it was this big of a deal, but I shouldn't have to ask for her permission. I thought I was actually being really mindful. There were so many collections that I wanted to do. Like I would have done something from the Madonna collection, but she wore something at her wedding. So I said, don't do any of that. Don't do any of the lace that she wore at her wedding. Meanwhile, I had already worn the Madonna piece randomly a long time ago. Ago. And in her confessional, she's saying that, you know, that Madonna look she had worn years ago on keeping up. But two things here, when she's saying to Simon, you know, that's not true. I told her she just didn't realize how big of a deal it was. Confirmation that the conversation we were having two weeks ago of like, what did Kim mean by that? That is what she meant. Courtney did not realize how big of a deal this was and what this meant like in the, the bigger landscape.
1: And you know what? That's something that Courtney's never going to understand because Courtney is viewing all of this as a money grab and a business opportunity and this idea of abundance and it never being enough. And Kim just could say no to something. And so the way that they view these events, they're not even remotely on the same page. And so their understanding of what this was, was always going to be different. Courtney was never going to view this, even, with, even if Kim had really broken it down and explained to her, if, if Kim had called her and said, listen... I'm not asking your permission to do this. I'm just letting you know this is what the deal is. This is exactly what the show is going to be. This is the first time Dolce & Gabbana have ever done this and allowed somebody to be the creative director of their collection. And on top of that, I'm going to not only be the face of it, but the show is going to be centered around me and Chow Kim, and it's going to be a huge deal for my career and Uh, in my breaking into the fashion, it wouldn't have mattered Kim explaining all of that stuff because all Courtney is seeing is Kim seeing dollar signs. It's a huge disconnect. It's a huge
0: disconnect. But what's so interesting is like what you're saying, which I 100% agree with, is almost a separate thing from what Kim is even saying here. Because what Kim is saying here is that When she initially approached Courtney, Courtney didn't realize how big of a production this was and what this really meant, which is true. In addition, once she then realized how big of a deal it was, it still wasn't clicking because of everything that you just said in terms of she's not allowing her brain to view it that way because she's much more comfortable sitting in viewing Kim from this position of just wanting to come at things that are opportunistic. So it's like on both levels, she's not fully getting it.
1: And then just to cut ahead for a second, we see the scenes from next week where Courtney is talking to Chloe about it and she makes that comment of like, this is just who Kim is to her core. If you're viewing that's how somebody is to their core, you are never gonna see the good intentions or any other way other than how you are viewing them in the most negative light possible. So again, all of the communication in the world would not have solved this issue because it was about Kim maybe taking a business opportunity and not thinking about Courtney's feelings potentially but it was also about the fact that Courtney views Kim in a certain light, and Kim can't change that right now.
0: But also, bottom line, here's really what it comes down to. If Kim came to Courtney, presented her with exactly what was going on in the full capacity, Courtney really understood how big of a deal this was, and Courtney then said to her, you know what? honestly, I'm so happy for you, but I just don't feel comfortable for X, Y, and Z. And let's say she laid it out and they had a really mature, civil, emotional conversation about it. I still think at the end of the day, Kim's doing it. I I really do. Of course, because how could she pass this up? It's way too big of an opportunity. So if I'm Courtney and I know that of like, I know that even if I did explain this to Kim exactly how I was feeling, I still think that she would have said yes to it. That makes me feel like shit. I don't think it's fair for Courtney to hold her to that because I think she should feel confident enough that her wedding and her wedding vibes were something entirely different and we as the public really viewed those as entirely different and could celebrate and sit in that with her. But like if if you're Courtney and you already feel this way about Kim and you know pretty deep down that no matter what, she was still going to do it. That's not going to sit right
1: with you. That's why like, they're kind of at a roadblock. And again, it just goes back to this conversation of the issues they have with each other are so much deeper than this. Of course, you know, they were always going to end up at this place because they haven't solved any of their shit. They have these fights and they have these arguments and they have these disagreements as all sisters do. And I think this is kind of the way that a lot of things go where you solve the fight that's at hand. The deeper shit that's there still continues to build. It just put goes on pause until the next fight. And the way that Kim and Courtney fight with each other, at least in recent years is they get really fucking dirty. Like when Kim said to Courtney, you're the least interesting to look at. Like Kim said that with her whole fucking chest. She didn't think twice about it. And so What they hurl at each other and what they pull out to hurt the other the most is just how they fight. And it's always going to hit super, super deep, especially because on top of the fact that they're just hitting each other where it hurts, there's years and years of shit that they haven't solved behind those words.
0: Yeah, I mean, it gets really deep. And even here, that's when you know Simon's asking, okay, so you're going to do it on the phone or are you going to do it in person? And Kim's like, I mean, I really do think we should do it in person. And Chloe's like, okay, but you need to make sure you are in the right energy because we don't need you in the, I don't need your fucking permission. Who do you think you are? Kind of Kim. She's like, get that all out now. And Kim completely knew what she was referring to because she pretty immediately got into character of like, yeah, I'd be like, bitch, you think I need your permission? Which like... (laughs) she had that one on lock, ready to go.
1: I feel like what Chloe's point here and what she's trying to get across to Kim, and I actually feel like in this moment, Kim is kind of understanding that. I don't know how this conversation is actually going to go, but I feel like what Chloe's trying to get across to her is like, you already got the thing you wanted. Like you already did the show. It's already done. You don't necessarily need to be like 100% fight your case for it. It's already happened. Like, Courtney's already upset. You already did the thing. Now it's just about solving it. So like if that means coming a little bit more timidly towards her and allowing her to be upset while still standing your ground a little bit, you have to you have to be able to do that. Because I think typically in a fight with Courtney and Kim, they both would have just tried to prove whoever was right and it would have just gone in circles and circles because they were never going to see each other's side. And so I think Chloe's perspective of being like, okay, but don't come in with that energy is like the only thing that could potentially allow for this fight to be maybe solved in the in in the conversation that they have.
0: Right. Which like, who knows how it's going to go down. But yes, I, I was very much aligned with what Chloe was saying. Cause like that energy, while I love to watch is not productive. I do want to say as a total side, something that I forgot to mention earlier that I did want to is when they're kind of just initially debriefing the show in their confessionals. And Chloe says, you know, it is just so exciting to me that here we are in Milan. My sister is creative directing this show with Dolce & Gabbana. I'm like, it doesn't get old to me. And I hope it never gets old to me. And Kim also was saying in her confessional, you know, I just can't believe this is my life. Every time that happens, I like to call it out because you know, on some level they are jaded to these things. And so when something like this happens, when you can tell they really aren't jaded to it and it really does feel new and exciting and like an entirely new thing that they have just conquered in their career, in their lives. And to them, you can see how cool it feels. I like feel that for myself as well, because, you know, as a viewer, you become jaded to a certain level as well. So I, I always just like to mention those when I see that and I forgot to do it earlier.
1: I so agree. And I'm actually so glad you said that because not necessarily that specific point that Chloe made, but one of the things I said at the beginning of the episode was like, I felt like we saw the old Chloe. Like Chloe was just having the time of her life. She was so much fun. And you can feel as she's in Milan and you're watching her in this episode, there's just a specific lightness to her. And so when she is in her confessional saying like, I really needed this trip more than I think I thought I did. And I just felt like it was such a reset and I felt so light and so amazing. It's so, I feel like, rewarding to have these thoughts of like, wow, that feels like the old Chloe. And then it cuts to confessional of like her actually validating what you were feeling by saying like, no, 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 this was as like changing for me personality-wise in the moment and as freeing and as needed as like it appeared that I did.
0: Yes. It's for so many reasons. It's one, because obviously you're just so happy that she's happy. But second of all, it makes you feel like, wow, I I do trust my read on her as much as I think I do. (laughs) Right. It's kind of what this entire show is, though. It's just constantly validating that as viewers, we know them as well as we think we do. Or we hope to know them as well as we think we do from just the perspective of only watching and and consuming the content for so many years.
1: I mean, I'll watch anything that validates me being right. (laughs) (laughs) Is
0: there anything else that you would like to mention?
1: No, I can't wait for next week, even though I can't believe we're off for it.
0: Yeah. Oh my God, fuck. I didn't even... Okay. Yes. I was about to say that, but I didn't even realize. Okay. We are off for all three episodes next week. We actually have all of our off dates for the rest of the year. So we will give those um, to you guys as they start to come up. But for the summer, it's just this next week. And then I believe it's the last week in August. So just want to give you a heads up. I know that we'll get a lot of angry DMs on Tuesday for people that don't listen to this episode, but we'll try to put it in the description. So no new episodes at all next week, but obviously of course we will, I'm sure, discuss any key moments from next week's episode in the following week. So that is all. Thank you guys for listening and for letting us do this and we'll see you in two weeks. This is baby making simplified. Find free to fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you.